de la guitarra mía Al despertar la mañana Quiere cantar su alegría A mi tierra mexicana Yo le canto a tus volcanes A tus praderas y flores Que son como talismanes you guys to see this video because it's today it's a, the Mexican Independence Day so we wanted to honor that and that's why we played this video the video was supposed to play what you guys were coming in but we have some difficulties and we got it now so buenos dias a todos welcome all to today's convocation National Hispanic Heritage Month began yesterday Tuesday September 15 and it ends on Thursday October 15 today we recognize the contributions made and the important presence of Hispanic and Latino Americans to the United States. My name is Rocio Diaz, soy Mexicana. I came to the US about 20 years ago or so. I just attained my bachelor's degree in organizational leadership in 2014 uh, here at GC. I have worked for the Center for Intercultural and International Education for almost eight years, and I am here today as the Latino Student Union Advisor. The Latino Student Union leaders this year are Jessica Davila, a senior nursing student from Mexico, Jose Mendoza, a senior nursing student from Chicago, 
Janet Bella, a junior nursing student from Mexico. Alexa Valdez, a junior social work student from Goshen. And Ali Medellin, a junior education student from Goshen. Today, we want to celebrate the Hispanic heritage and culture by sharing the stories of some of our own Goshen College Latina students. Gracias por estar con nosotros esta mañana. I will leave you now with Jessica. I'm Jessica Davila, and I'm the president of LSU. And today, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And while there are so many things that we could share about Hispanic heritage, the foods, the culture, the traditions, many of those things you might have been exposed to before. Instead, we're talking about the foundation of the Hispanic population in the United States, immigration. The story of the American people is a story of immigration and diversity. The United States itself was founded by incoming European settlements in about 1600. And over time, the U.S. has welcomed more than 50 million immigrants. Many American writers and historians believe that the United States could eventually become a melting pot, that a diverse society will become more homogeneous, that the different elements that make up the society will melt together into a harmonious whole with a common culture. Recently, however, society has placed greater value on diversity. Ethnic groups have renewed and celebrated their heritage. The steady stream of people coming to America has had a profound effect on American character. New traditions, foods, music, ideas, languages, they're all coming together. In recent years, Hispanics and other minority racial groups have each grown faster than the population as a whole. In 1970, these groups together represented only 16% of the population. By 1998, this share had increased to 27%. And from data collected in 2010, approximately 36.3% of the population currently belongs to a racial ethnic minority group in the United States. However, issues have started to arise in response to that increase. Immigration to the United States is a complex demographic phenomenon that has been a major source of population growth and cultural change throughout much of the history of the United States. The economic, Social and political aspects of immigration have caused controversy regarding ethnicity, economic benefits, jobs for non-immigrants, settlement patterns, impact on social mobility, crime, and even voting behavior. Prior to 1965, policies such as the National Origins Formula limited immigration and naturalization opportunities for people from areas outside of Western Europe. Such policies continue to emerge, and the U.S. immigrant popula population continues to be affected. Many see the issue of immigration as a distant reality, a reality that affects only those people. Immigration issues, however, are not a distant reality, that affect many of us. And I include myself because I myself moved to the United States when I was a, a, a freshman in high school. And you have no idea how hard it was to come, you know, and have to adapt to a different culture with a different language in a society that is so diverse. We are all victims of the system. If you're not a Native American, there's some way or another you can trace your family line to some type of immigrant mobility. And even before that, as nomads, we spread all over the world from the African savannas. The point here is that the issue of immigration and prejudice associated with it is something that affects many of the people you know. It affects thousands of people in the United States. Uh, millions of people around the world. It affects so many people in Goshen and even 
here at Goshen College, people are affected by it. Okay, my name is Jose, and today I'll be talking a little bit about the Hispanic population in our country, our state, our county, our city, and then I'll bring it back to campus. So as of 2013, an estimated 54 million Hispanics lived in the United States. Uh, that's about 17.1% of the U.S. population. And by 2060, the U.S. Census Bureau estimates that 128.8 million Hispanics will live in the U.S., making up 31% of the U.S. population. And in regards to Indiana, uh, we have a population of about 6.5 million people, and it's estimated that of that, 6.4% are Hispanics. And between the year 2000 and 2010, Indiana saw a Hispanic growth of 82% for the Hispanic population, making about 175,000 people. And then bringing it a little closer to home, in regards to Elkhart County, Hispanics make up 14.1% of the Elkhart County population as of 2010, for an estimated total of 28,865 people. Uh, and this was a 71% increase since the year 2000. And now bringing it a little closer to home to our city of Goshen, Hispanics made up 28% of Goshen's population in 2010, an increase of 54.9% since 2000. And this number is significant because um, Goshen's Hispanic population is larger than the state average of 6.4% and the national average of 17.1%. And now bringing it all the way home to our very own campus. As many of us are aware, this year, uh, nearly 30% of the falls incoming class identified as Hispanic, as compared to 18% last year. And this has been big thanks to many great people in our community and our campus that really focus on helping this community by creating programs, scholarships, and such like that. Um, and these people include Rocio Diaz, Richard Aguirre, Gilberto Perez, Devon Kramer, President Brenneman, Adriano Ortiz, and many more. All right, next we will be hearing some stories from a couple students that are currently in Goshen College who are greatly affected by immigration policy. We hear a lot in the media of opposition and support for immigration reform and changes to the policy, but something that's really failed to be portrayed is the humanity behind this issue. For many of us, it's something that really hits home, something that's in our families, in our lives, in our marriages, but that's something that we don't hear about every day. So please help me welcome Janet, Ali, and Alexa. Hi, my name is Janet Vela, and I'm a junior nursing student. And um, I'm the treasurer for LSU. Although I'm from Goshen, I grew up here. I was born in Mexico, and getting to Goshen College was a long journey for me. It wasn't until a few years ago that I realized how much my parents sacrificed when they came to the United States and hoped for a better life for my brothers and me. I mean, yeah, you think about the usual things. Um, they didn't know the language. They came to a whole new country. But I, it just never hit me that they also sacrificed being with their own family, their parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, everyone. And they did it all to give my brothers and me something better than they thought they could have provided in Mexico. So really, they gave up their lives for us. What my parents did for me will never stop amazing me, which is why I have always strived to do my best and make a difference in their lives and in this country. My parents always instilled in me that I would go to college. It was never a question for them. I knew I was undocumented since I was little, 
But it wasn't until I actually wanted to make plans to enroll in college that I really understood what being undocumented meant. It meant that my list of colleges was very short. It meant that I had to find ways to get scholarships because the government, because government aid was not available for me. And it meant that even if I could attend college, I didn't even know if I could um, do anything with my degree because I didn't know if I could get one or use the degree I received since I don't have a social security number. These possibilities were always in my mind throughout my last two years of high school. And I'm not gonna lie, they made me wanna cry and quit every day because it just never mattered how well I did in school. Some things were just out of my control. Then my senior year of high school, three great things happened. I applied for the Dream Scholarship at Goshen College and received it. I graduated with a full International Baccalaureate Diploma, and I received DACA, which is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, and this, allow, this allows me to stay temporarily legal in the United States. Things finally seem to be moving in the right direction. And then I got to college. College has been great in many ways. Like I get to keep playing soccer, I'm getting closer to my career, and I've met pretty amazing people. And then there's the not so great things about it. We all complain about homework and tests and not having enough time to do anything we want. But for me, my biggest worry was not even being able to continue my degree. Last year, after some healthcare policies in the United States, I was not able to purchase insurance through the school, but had to find my own. You guys can't even imagine how many times I kept hearing no, no, no. It was very tough and frustrating for me. There were definitely times when all I wanted to do was give up. All the hard work I had put in since the beginning meant nothing. And then I talked to my best friend's uncle, who told me there could be a slight possibility that I could get insurance. I went to the insurance company he told me to, and sure enough, I was able to receive it. Going forward, my next obstacle to conquer is whether or not I can take the nursing certification test at the end of my senior year. As of now, with DACA, I should be able to do it, but that's only if policies don't change. All I can really do is remain hopeful that things will work out for me. Although there have been many obstacles in my path to get to where I am today, I can only keep finding ways to overcome them. There were many times when quitting seemed like the best option, but it just didn't feel right doing that to my parents. So even when things get tough, I remain strong for them. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Alexa Valdez, and I'm in charge of social media for the Latino Student Union. When I was growing up, uh, I did not realize what it really meant to be undocumented. I am of Mexican heritage. My mother was born here in the United States, and my father is from Aguascalientes, Mexico. He came here at the age of 15 to work and also to make a better life for my grandparents. Um, my dad was undocumented until my parents got married. I was born two years later, so I never had to see them struggle because of my father's legal status. I remember having Latino friends growing up, and they would tell me that they were afraid of the police, something I didn't understand. 
and that they would tell me that they couldn't hang out on the weekends because their parents didn't want to be driving around, especially at night. When people make, would make jokes about la migra, or immigration, that is what it was for me, a joke. But unfortunately for many of my friends, it was a painful reality that could have easily happened to them or their parents. My perspective quickly changed when I married my best friend. My husband, Javier, came here at the age of 14 um, by himself to, in order to be reunited with his mom after being separated for seven years. When I got married, I had no idea what I was getting into, for one, but for a lot of reasons. And one of the things I didn't think would be an issue was my husband's legal status here in this country. I feel I now understand the, the stress that my friends face every day. Um, I feel the stress and fear and things that many of us take for granted, things that I used to take for granted before I got married. Um, things like having a driver's license, having a social security number, applying for jobs, federal aid, um, scholarships, and worst of all, not being able to see your family back home. My husband worked two jobs and he drove everywhere by himself. He did not want me to lose sleep for school because he, I was also working six days a week. He wanted me to get good grades so that I could get into a good college, like Ocean. He was arrested for driving without a license. I panicked and from that day I was so afraid for him. And to this day, I am still afraid for him. Um, after this incident, I began to drive him everywhere. I would get up at 2.30 in the morning to take him to his first job, and then I would go to school, and then I would go to my job, and then pick him up around 11 p.m. from his second job. I wasn't sleeping, and I eventually had to quit my job because I was falling asleep at the wheel. Even though I was not making much money, quitting my job created even more pressure on my husband to make ends meet. This happened about two and a half years ago, and ever since then we've been working really hard to get his permanent residence. Things have changed a lot since my parents applied for my dad to get his permanent residence back in the 90s. It is now much more time consuming and very expensive. We have had to take each step very slowly in order to spend time spending to save money. Also, just because you apply for a permanent residence when you marry a citizen doesn't mean it's a sure thing they will accept you. Um, they can deport you, and it doesn't matter if you're married to a citizen. Um, and that's another thing that really scares me about this process that I'm going through now with my husband. But hopefully things go smoothly and he's able to get his permanent residence. We, are have, we have big plans for the future, and I would love to complete them living in this country. I plan to graduate with a social work degree and work in a nonprofit organization. Once I'm working, my husband will be able to do something he has always dreamed of to study in the United States and get his degree. He is not sure of what he wants to study yet, but he still has two more years to think about it. He is not a rapist or a drug dealer. He is a hardworking person who does make contributions to this country. He is a human being, he deserves respect, and he should be treated as such. Thank you. Good morning, I am Allie Medellin and I am the secretary of LSU. Where do I begin? When my story is just one of a million, when my voice is but a whisper in a chorus of voices unheard 
and silenced. Immigration. The issues of where do I belong and where do I call home? Home. A place where I should feel free to express my likes and dislikes and to speak my mother and father's native tongue and to feel safe and protected. Not ashamed, not frightened, or even embarrassed. My story is a unique one, as are all the stories that you've heard today. My mother is from Recife, Pernambuco, Brazil, and my father is from Zacatecas, Zacatecas, Mexico. They both have two very different stories of how they came to live in Goshen, Indiana, a place that we now call home. My father came over the border when he was 15. He came in order to give his family a life that he didn't believe he himself could have. My mother voyaged here twice, one through an MCC program where she worked throughout the United States, and then she later came on a visa which later expired while she was here. They met in Chicago and later I was born. We moved to Goshen, Indiana when I was two, and I can't remember a life apart from being here in this community being among friends and family. We moved to Goshen for one main reason. My aunt, Isaete, my mom's only living relative here in the United States. The struggles are difficult and they are real. People come to the United States and hope to give their families a better future. My parents both send money back to the families and their countries. We make phone calls, we make jokes, and we laugh. But it's difficult, knowing that there are family members that I have not yet met, knowing that one day my grandparents can die and I will never be able to give them a hug, hold their hand, or see their face. And I know it's difficult for my parents, and I could spend hours talking about their struggles and their difficulties, because I know I've spent a lifetime hearing theirs. But this is a story that I'm going to share about myself and my journey. It took a while to be okay and to accept the image in the mirror that I saw. I saw my mother's eyes, my father's nose, and a combination of hair. <laughs> and seeing that image and being okay it took a while. One of the things about coming to Goshen College, your freshman year, you were always asked, who are you, where do you come, come from, what do you believe, and what does that all mean to you? I had never been troubled by those questions before until my freshman year, and then facing those issues of identity and realizing that it's a lot more complicated than it might seem. Though my story is different, and I was born in the United States, having two parents from two very different locations, it's still a struggle that I face every day, 
and I will continue to face as I go on through the rest of the two years here at Goshen. But there's one thing that I know for sure. Eu sou brasileira, eu sou mexicana, I am American, and this is my home. Puerto Rico nació Manta Pacha, Paikuna Xutigmi, calle 13, y las patas de Mosco, Taquita Pomanchis, Chaitaque Xutigmi, Latinoamérica, Uyarico Sanchis. Cancunapa. Soy, soy lo que dejaron, soy todas las obras de lo que se robaron, un pueblo escondido en la cima, mi piel es de cuero, por eso aguanta cualquier clima, soy una fábrica de humo. Mano de obra campesina para tu consumo Frente de frío en el medio del verano El amor en los tiempos del cólera, mi hermano El sol que nace y el día que muere Con los mejores atardeceres Soy el desarrollo en carne viva Un discurso político sin saliva Las caras más bonitas que he conocido Soy la fotografía de un desaparecido La sangre dentro de tus venas Soy un pedazo de tierra Que vale la pena una canasta con frijoles soy soy Maradona contra Inglaterra, anotándote dos goles Soy lo que sostiene mi bandera, la espina dorsal del planeta en mi cordillera Soy lo que me enseñó mi padre, el que no quiere a su patria, no quiere a su madre Soy América Latina, un pueblo sin pierna pero que camina Oye, tú no puedes comprar al viento, tú no puedes comprar al Cuando me sonrío La nieve que maquilla mis montañas Tengo el sol que me seca Y la lluvia que me baña Un desierto embriagado con peyote Un trago de pulque Para cantar con los coyotes Todo lo que necesito Tengo a mis pulmones Respirando azul clarito La altura que sofoca Soy las muelas de mi boca Mascando coca El otoño con sus hojas desmayadas Los versos escritos bajo la noche estrellada Una viña repleta de uva Un Bajo el sol en Cuba Soy el mar caribe que vigila las casitas Haciendo rituales Y agua bendita el viento que peina mi cabello Soy todos los santos que cuelgan de mi cuello El jugo de mi lucha no es artificial Porque el abono de mi tierra es natural Tú no puedes comprar el viento Tú no puedes comprar el sol Tú no puedes comprar la lluvia Tú no puedes comprar el calor
pero con orgullo Aquí se comparte, lo mío es tuyo Este pueblo no se ahoga con marullo Y si se derrumba, yo lo reconstruyo Tampoco pestañeo cuando te miro Para que te recuerde de mi apellido La operación Cóndor invadiendo mi nido Perdono, pero nunca olvido, oye Thank you again, Janet, Alex, and Ali for sharing your stories. So today, we learned a little bit about Hispanic Heritage Month from Rocio. Uh, Jessica talked a little bit about immigration. I gave some statistics on the Hispanic population. So now, Jessica is going to give us some announcements, as well as ways that we can all get involved in our community. So this week for Her uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, we are having Constitution Day that is tomorrow uh, in the CAIE conference room, which is in the Union Building. It is 12.30 to 1.30, and it will count as combo credits. You should have come. Uh, we'll have salsa dancing uh, next week as well. It'll be on Thursday. Um, it's going to be in CAIE conference room at 7 p.m. Um, and we are also um, asking for volunteers. We specifically ask that uh, these people uh, be bilingual because we're trying to help uh, the Hispanic community in Goshen uh, for students who are applying for the 21st Century Scholarship. And that will take place from September 23rd to October 6th. So if you are willing to help, we would love to have you. So just let us know if you are able to contribute to this. Uh, we are also having a Halloween bonfire night, and it's coming up soon. You should all know about it once it's there. We will do it around the Halloween weekend. Um, and Club Day is coming up, it's tomorrow, so you should sign up for LSU and like our Facebook page, it's Goshen College Latino Student Union. And now we'll have Rocio come up and show us a little bit of Latin dancing. <laughs> correction, correction, correction. For the 21st Century Scholarship, it's, uh, we need volunteers. We're going to go to the Goshen Middle School. They have the, the, the parent and uh, teacher conferences on the 23rd and on October 6th. So I need some volunteers to come and help us, uh, help the families to um, apply for their kids' uh, 21st century scholarship. So if you please can help me on those days, I can buy you a milkshake afterwards. Uh, so please come to me and let me know. And now we're gonna do an exercise before we leave, okay? As Latinos, we use music a lot when we're sad, when we're happy. So we're just going to do an exercise. So please, if the people from all these benches, if they can come to the front, please, all of them. And then the people here and the people here, well, you know what? It's easier if you guys go to the sides, those sides there. And all the people from this side and this side, if they can come to the front, please. Thank you right here in the front, and then the ones over there on the roads. 
aisles or yeah that's how you call it right the the people on the sides need to come in the middle to the front it's an exercise so you all need the extra credit and the extra points and everything por eso primero deja que pongan la música música maestro please you guys are Okay, is everyone ready? Oh,